telling you, I have, now, don't lose me on this when I tell you this, but I, most of you know when I preach, when I teach, I bring up tons of scriptures, you know what I mean? I have 20 scriptures I'm going to bring up to you today. I hope I, oh yeah, there you go, that's, how, that's what it should be like. That's what it ought to be like in church, amen? Oh, I want to fill you so much, I, I, I hope it just runs over, Amen. Go to Matthew chapter 6, hallelujah, Matthew chapter 6, and I want to read verses uh, 25 through 34 to kick this thing off, so stay with me, stay with me, this is an important message, I believe it's birthed by the Holy Ghost, all right, Jesus is speaking this, he said, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven or fire, will, not, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these, all of these things shall be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry uh, about its own things. Sufficient for the day is the trouble. Today I want to talk to you about the importance of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God spoke very clearly to my heart as I was praying this week. Very clearly. How many of you has God ever spoken to your heart? And you know it's not you. It's not the bad pizza you ate last night. You know it's from the Lord. Well, this is from the Lord. He said this, many of my people are not walking in the fulfillment of this promise, Matthew 6, 33, because they are too consumed with seeking the things and not the kingdom in my righteousness. Very clear. They're, they're seeking after the things but they're not following the instructions in the book. What a shame it is if we are passing up the multitudes of blessings because of not follow, following God's instructions in the book. Amen? And now let me say this too. The benefits of this promise is not just for you. Not just for you to hoard things up in your life, but it's to be a blessing to others. And taking a step further, these things are for you and I to fulfill our God-given ministry on this earth. So don't think that they're just for you. Because there is a point where blessing can turn into a curse. Did you know that? 
There is a point where a blessing can turn into a curse. And one of the signs that a blessing turns into a curse is when you become selfish with the material things that you're holding on to. That you were blessed with, but now that selfishness turns it into a curse and you're going down the wrong road. Are you hearing me? I don't know, I'm talking to someone in here. Maybe the choir. Maybe not. <laughs> One day. But it's when, here's, here's when it becomes a curse. Just remember this. It's when you and I lose our kingdom perspective on this life. When we lose our kingdom perspective. So to take advantage of this promise to the fullness, to the fullest of what God has, we need to understand what the kingdom of God is. We need to understand what his righteousness is. Isn't that right? If God says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, then all of these things will be added. Well, wouldn't it be good to know what we're supposed to seek? What are we supposed to seek? What is it? We need to know what it is we're seeking. I believe that there are many Christians trying to seek something that they don't even know what they're looking for. Does that make sense? <laughs> they're, they're trying to seek something that they, they don't even know what they're looking for. And they just walk in the dark their whole life. Just walking in the dark. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that incredibly sobering, thinking that someone can go their whole life, uh, I don't know, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, without really tapping into what God had for them. That is a doggone shame, isn't it? That, that's, that's terrible. That's not good. All right, but God promises us as Christians. This is his promise. This is his word. He gives us his word on it. That if we are seeking first, say first, his kingdom, and his righteousness, then all of these provisions in our life will be added unto us. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I found out, as I'm reading through the word, I find out that we serve a God of, of addition and multiplication. Are you hearing me? And it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He, it's a thief that comes to subtract and divide. Are you hearing me? All right? Now, righteousness. Listen to this. Righteousness is defined as conformity to the revealed will of God. You're conforming your life to the revealed will of God. All right? It means that you're a doer of the revealed will of God in your life. One commentary said this. I found this extremely interesting. It says, righteousness is both judicial and gracious. Through Jesus Christ, God declares the believer righteous in the sense of acquitting him from his past sins, right? And then he doesn't stop there, but then he imparts righteousness on the inside of us to live it out on this earth. Hallelujah. Now, to enter into, I just want to build a foundation here. In fact, I, I, on most of my notes here, I'm building a foundation, and then toward the end I get into it, so no one falls asleep on me here. Are you hearing me? <laughs> All right, to enter into and to see the spiritual significance of the kingdom of God and his righteousness, one must be born again. Go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. 
John chapter 3, 3 and 5. Listen to this. Jesus answered and said unto him, Nicodemus, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man uh, be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me wonder about some that are so dull to spiritual things in the body of Christ. That makes me wonder how many people who call themselves Christians are truly born again? Uh, that's, that's just an honest question. Oh, you're throwing condemnation on us. No, I'm not. If you question your salvation that much, you better go back to the first things. Are you hearing me? If, if that one thing that I just said causes you to stumble, you better go on back and you better re redo your foundation on the, on the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? When a person gets born again, their, their whole perspective is changed. Their whole perspective on life. New perspective comes when they see because they enter into the kingdom of God. The heartbeat of God now becomes the heartbeat of that Christian, that born-again Christian. God's word becomes clearer. And the Holy Spirit works, and, and, and it's believed in a greater dimension. Faith comes. Are you hearing me? So one must receive Jesus Christ. One must be born again to even enter in to the kingdom. And it's interesting that Jesus Christ is called the door. Oh, you want to enter the kingdom of God? You must go through the door. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So, what is the kingdom of God then? I want to tell you this. Jesus, Jesus' whole message, his whole earthly ministry when he came to this earth, was centered on one thing, one thing alone, the kingdom of God. He went around everywhere saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Didn't, did he not say that? Go to Luke chapter 4. Go to Luke chapter 4. In Scripture, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is referred to about approximately 137 times in Scripture. And over a hundred, a hundred of those passages are found in the New Testament. Are found in the New Testament. I would say that God's trying to get a point across to his people. <laughs> Amen? If God's telling us to seek first the kingdom of his, in his righteousness, obviously there's some clues in the Bible of what it is. <laughs> Amen? Now Luke chapter 4, chapter, or verse 40 through 43 I want to show you this. It says this. When the sun was setting, all those who had, uh, who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, to Jesus. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. 
Now when it was day, he, Jesus, departed into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from, le from leaving them. But he said to them, here it is, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. You look it up. Jesus just didn't come to preach healing. He didn't just come to preach deliverance. He didn't come just to preach salvation. He come to preach the message of the kingdom of God. The kingdom. The kingdom of God. Now, of course, the kingdom of God includes all of those things. I'll, we'll go more into that in a moment. But the kingdom of God refers to God's rule on this earth. It, the kingdom of God refers to God's rule, rule on this earth. God's rule over sin. God's rule over sickness. God's rule over disease. God's rule over Satan and evil spirits. The kingdom of God is the will of God. And righteousness is God's way of doing things. Did you catch that? See, we are to seek the will of God. When you're seeking the kingdom of God, you're seeking the things of God. You're seeking God's will. Are you hearing me? Is this making sense? Is this confusing to anybody? The kingdom of God is the will of God. We are to seek the will of God. We are to make the kingdom of God, the will of God, our highest priority in, in life. Highest priority in life. And then, the righteousness part, we are to apply that knowledge into every area of our life. That's the righteousness of God. Now let me show you something. I wrote this down. This wasn't in my original notes, but go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. How important are, are our works to, to God? How important? I mean, can we just live like the devil? Can we just say a sinner's prayer, live like the devil, fall away from him, and not serve him with our whole heart, and expect to partake of the kingdom of God? Let's look. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, if the unrighteous aren't going to, who is going to? The righteous. Do not, well, what does it mean then to be unrighteous? What does it mean to be righteous? It says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to me. That all has to do with works. Don't tell me that works aren't important to God. Are you hearing me? That's why I said, if you're truly born again, where's the evidence? Verse 11, and then he goes on to say, Paul, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, goes on to say, and such were some of you, meaning in your past life, when you were apart and away from Christ, when you were a child of the devil, he said, such were some of you. Some of you guys partook in this. <laughs> That's inferring when you come to God, you're supposed to let go of these things. Are you hearing me? And such were some of you. But you were washed. What are we washed in, saints? The blood of Jesus Christ. 
But you were sanctified. Sanctified means you're set apart. You're a peculiar people. Are you hearing me? But you were justified. Justified means just as if you've never sinned. Just as if. Just as if you've never sinned. I like that. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Friends, I'm telling you right now, I am fearful for those Christians who aren't open to the things of the Holy Spirit. Some think I hammer this too much on the Holy Ghost, but I'll tell you what, you try living a victorious life without the third person of the Trinity. Come on. He's the power plant. Are you hearing me? Oh, hallelujah. We can't overemphasize the Holy Ghost. Jesus, our Lord, sent the Holy Ghost. And we welcome him in this place. Are you hearing me? We welcome him in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God brings freedom from the kingdom of Satan. Oh, hallelujah. Freedom from Satan. Freedom from the works of the flesh. You know, here's the thing. Many people, when they see a sinner, they see an unbeliever, they, they, they're always picking out, oh, look at what they're doing. Look at what they're doing. Well, I'll tell you what. That's all they know how to do. They can't live righteously. Are you hearing me? You can't do it apart from the Spirit of God. That's why we need to bring the message to them, the good news, that they can be set free from Satan's kingdom. They can be set free from the works of the devil. Are you hearing me? But in the kingdom of God, there is freedom, there is blessing. And that's why Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Don't, don't, come on, don't cut out the Holy Ghost out of your life. Are you hearing me? We need to overemphasize. He's the, yeah, he's the only person of the Godhead that's on this earth right now. Jesus and God the Father are in heaven. <laughs> we need the Holy Ghost. Amen? We're not going to see a revival in this area without the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you this, if, when you see it come to pass, know it's the Holy Ghost. Don't quench him. Go with the flow. Amen? Hallelujah. Another scripture says this, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Liberty from sin. Liberty from evil. Liberty from the torment of the devil. Hallelujah. Now let's look at a few scriptures that refer to the kingdom of God. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. 35. You know, I've never seen a man or woman of God who was used mightily, such as a Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake. All of these individuals that were used mightily, that were miracle signs and wonders were taking place, where they didn't welcome the Holy, Holy Spirit into their life. I, 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 come on, go, go look it up for yourself. See if you can find a person who was used mightily by God who did not believe in spiritual gifts. 
who did not believe in the gift of tongues. Uh, go ahead, do your research. Get online, jump on Yahoo, Google, do it. Find an individual who, who was not used mightily by God, or who was used mighty, mightily by God, who quenched the Holy Spirit. You won't find it. They all have one characteristic. They welcomed the ministry of the Holy Spirit in his presence. Matthew 9, 35 says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You might want to underline that. The gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Obviously, the message of the kingdom includes divine healing. Well, because in Matthew 16, it says that the word of God was confirmed when the apostles, when the disciples went forth and preached everywhere. God said he, was, he would confirm his word, didn't he? Well, if these miracle signs and wonders of healing and deliverance and all these things are taking place, obviously they're preaching them because those are signs confirming what they're preaching. Is that making sense to anyone? If you're not seeing it, you're not preaching it. Are you hearing me? Acts 8.12. Acts 8.12. Or you're preaching it and you just don't believe it. One or, one or the other. Acts 8.12. How many of you know that we can preach something and not really believe it? Right? Know what that means? There's a disconnection between your spirit man and between your head. You've got to renew your mind. Now, uh, let's see here. Acts 8.12. Listen to this. This is interesting. It says, but when, when they believed Philip, as he preached the things, might want to underline it, concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. All right. Well, that's interesting. You're like, Pastor James, that, that scripture you just brought up seems a little incomplete, doesn't it? Well, what was the message that they received? Go with me now to Acts 8. Just go up a little bit to 4 through 8. Verses 4 through 8. Those who were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things uh, spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, demons, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. I, you know, I, I don't know if you knew this or not. One clue of when you know the, the kingdom of God is being proclaimed and, and manifested, there's going to be joy. There's going to be joy in our midst. It, the Bible says when Philip preached the gospel of the kingdom, and these things were taking place. It says there was great joy. Are you hearing me? Don't quench the joy when it starts to happen. Are you hearing me? Don't quench the miracle signs and wonders when they start to begin. Amen? Yeah. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, 34 through 38. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in, in truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. 
The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism with which John preached. How God anointed Jesus, uh, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Verses 37 and 38 is talking about what that proclamation, what that message of the kingdom was. And I just mentioned it. Go to Luke chapter 4. The kingdom of God is the will of God. Seeking first the kingdom. You're seeking the will of God. You're not just sitting back. You're not just listening to a, preach, listening to a preacher and taking everything he says as gospel. No, you're seeking it as a jewel. You're getting into the word yourself. You've got to. You've got to. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. And if someone says something to you, you say, where is it in the word? Show me evidence. You say God doesn't heal today, show me where he doesn't heal. Just show me evidence right here in the will of God. Where is it? You say tongues aren't for today. You say the gifts of the Spirit aren't for today. Show me right here. And if you can show me, I'll believe it. Are you hearing me? If you haven't noticed, I get passionate about that topic. Luke 4. Well, here's the thing. Jesus preached one gospel. Are you hearing me? And it seems like the body of Christ is preaching 30 different gospels. It, it, come on. There's one truth. One, not many truths. Uh. There's one truth. And we need to seek it out. We just can't sit in our pew every Sunday and do nothing and not study on our own because I'm telling you, friends, we are going to be held accountable for what we know. Don't blame it on your pastor. Are you hearing me? You get into it for yourself. That's what God gave you eyes and ears for. Amen? Luke 4, 18 through 19. The Spirit, Jesus said this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That is the message of the kingdom in a nutshell. And I want to say this also. God has anointed Christians for that same purpose. He has anointed us for that same purpose. To preach the gospel to the poor. To set the captives free. And we need to do that. Go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. I'll stretch you. I'll stretch you. You might have a few stretch marks when you get out of here, but come on. We need to do it. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. 
says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the uh, inheritance of the saints in the, in, the, in the light. He has delivered us from the power or authority of darkness and conveyed, or King James says, translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. In whom, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Right there, that, that's, those scriptures are contrasting the kingdom of Satan with the kingdom of God. Vast difference. One is darkness, one is light. Are you hearing me? We need to be promoting the message and advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. Now, I want you to notice out of all the, th all the scriptures that I've read so far about the kingdom of God, that the results of the kingdom are manifesting in the lives of people. If the kingdom of God is in a place, it's going to touch hearts. It's going to touch lives. The, the attacks and the rule of Satan in the life of a person is replaced by God's rulership in that person's life. The kingdom of God. Now I found an interesting scripture here. Kind of backing this up is Isaiah 26, 3. Go to Isaiah 26, 3. Isaiah 26, 3. I think this is a direct connection to the kingdom of God. And how to take hold of the kingdom of God. Isaiah 26, 3 says this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When you're seeking the kingdom of God, there's going to be a peace that comes on the inside of you. Are you hearing me? When your mind is stayed on the Lord, you are maintaining a heavenly perspective of life. The Lord is priority in your life. And that generates a peace on the inside of you. It's interesting that Jesus said in a scripture, I didn't write the scripture down, you can look it up yourself. But Jesus said that the kingdom of God is what? Within you as the Christian. If, if you're a Christian, now, now write this down if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit just illuminated this to me when I was writing this message. He said, if you are a born-again Christian, if you're a Christian, you are a carrier of the kingdom of God. Now, if you're a carrier of, of it, 2 Corinthians 5.20 calls us what? Ambassadors for Christ. We represent him. Why? Because we're carriers of the kingdom of God. And Jesus was a carrier of the kingdom of God on this earth. And what did he do? He released it. And that's why you were seeing people getting saved. That's why you were seeing people getting healed. That's why you were seeing demons coming out of people. That's why you were seeing people getting set free. Because you can't release what you don't have. But if you're a Christian, you have it. Are you hearing me? Some might not be walking in it, but it's in there. You need to come back to him. You need to rededicate to him. Because he has a plan for your life. Are you hearing me?
It's interesting, this says when your mind is stayed on God, there's a peace. There's a peace that overtakes you. And it's interesting how I read Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Go to John 14, 12. We are carriers, as Christians, we are carriers of the kingdom. Everywhere you go, you're bringing the kingdom of God with you. Are you releasing it? Are you advancing it? Come on, we need to ask ourselves that. John 14, 12, real popular scripture. Jesus said this, most assuredly, uh, most assuredly, that, that's, that's really important there. Jesus is really trying to get, us a, a, get our attention there. That's one of the biggest emphasis you can use in the English language, in, in the Greek translation there. He's trying to get our attention. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go unto my Father. And then you go on, he says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. We have been commissioned to do the same works. And Jesus, hey, come on, this is not heresy here. He said, you're going to do greater works. Do I grasp that fully? No. All I know is I'm seeking after it. I know that much. Are you? Are you really hungry for a move of God in your life personally? Are you really hungry to see this area transformed like never before? Are you? We need to ask ourselves that. Carriers of the kingdom of God. And the advancement of God's rule can only come through the body of Christ. Listen to this. I, I, the Holy Spirit challenged me to do this. The Holy Spirit, when I was sitting down this week, he said, look, open up your concordance and look up the word sovereign. <laughs> some of you might know where I'm going with it. You know, some people always say, well, God's sovereign. He'll do whatever he wants, whatever he wants, anytime. He doesn't need us. Friends, I couldn't find sovereign in the concordance at all. Not one. Why? Because 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says that we, Christians, are laborers together with him. If we, the body of Christ, don't advance his kingdom, it doesn't get advanced. If that was the case, God would do whatever he wants anytime without our help. The whole city of Sodom and Gomorrah wouldn't have went to hell. Little kids wouldn't be being abused right now this very second. People wouldn't be taking their last breath around the world right now and going to hell. Because it's God's will that none should perish, right? If God could do whatever he wants any old time, Without our intervention on this earth, hell would be empty. The fact is, hell is overcrowded right now. 
And we need to do everything we can to stop the population from growing down there. Are you hearing me? God's will has been revealed and is available to all those that seek it out in his word and through prayer. There's one gospel message and Jesus preached it and he demonstrated it. Many Christians are trying to advance the kingdom without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit baptism. Let me just say this about it too. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit baptism to advance the kingdom of God, how much more do we on this earth? Why do some think it's just acceptable just to ignore leading believers into this experience for the sake of not offending them. Are you hearing me? Let me just let you in on a secret. The gospel is offensive. Are you hearing me? It is. It is offensive. Why? Why did God choose to have a second experience? Why didn't he just choose to give you the the full shot? I don't know. All I know is the evidence is in the word that it's, it's there, there is a second experience. People, like the scripture said, many have gone astray going and doing their own things. Are you hearing me? They have gone astray doing their own things. They tweak a message here, tweak it there. Pretty soon... They created another Jesus, as the Bible declares. Not the Jesus of the Bible. Are you hearing me? We've got to be careful about that. Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Paul said to some certain believers in Acts 19, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? That was after the cross. That was after. (laughs) Say after. That wasn't before. It was after. And he called them certain disciples, believers, who were baptized into John's baptism. After the cross. He didn't call them unbelievers. He called them believers. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since? Say since. You believed. Okay, now, this is the part. I built a foundation up, all right? About what, 45 minutes into this thing? No, (laughs) whatever. I don't care. I built a foundation. Now I want to give you two reasons. Two reasons of why we lose God's provision and blessing in our lives when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? Why? Why do the blessings come? Well, I mean, some of you can just, you know, you can come up with a reason that's a no-brainer. But let me give you some here that maybe you're not thinking of right now. The first reason that we are loosing God's provision and blessing in our life is that you are fulfilling your side of the covenant with God by putting him first in your life. Say covenant. Covenant is very important to God. We serve a covenant God. A covenant is an agreement or a sealed contract. Now, in a covenant, both parties have a responsibility in the contract. 
It's not a one-way deal. You talk to some people who call themselves Christians, they think it's a one-way deal. Oh, I say a sinner's prayer, I go live like the devil, promote the devil's stuff, I'm in like Flynn. Ha, I'm going to heaven. No, 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 no. See, they don't understand that we serve a covenant God. Everything that, listen now, this is mind-blowing if you really take hold of this. Everything that God has becomes yours. Come on. And everything that you have in your possession belongs to God. There is a sharing involved. It's like a marriage covenant. A marriage covenant. Are you hearing me? Oh, and by the way, there are no prenuptial agreements in the kingdom of God. So that covenant includes your money, your tithes and offerings unto the Lord. No prenuptial agreement. Aren't those just ridiculous? People in marriage getting that stuff. It's like, you know, if you don't trust a person, don't spend your life with them then. Like, you know, save yourself a lawyer's fee for crying out loud. But I want you to notice a very important part here. Go to, go to Hebrews 8.10. Hebrews 8.10. I want to show you this right from the Word of God. Ready for this? This is powerful. Get your pen ready because I'm going to have you underline one part. That, that it's so easy for you to skip over this if you just read it casually. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Talking about the new covenant here. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. It means you're going to have a conscience. <laughs> you do something wrong. If you're a Christian and you do something wrong, you're not going to feel too good. All right. Here, it says this. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. God, I'm telling you right now, I want you to notice, notice that very important part right there in eight, Hebrews 8.10. I will be their God and they shall be my people. That is not just a suggestion or an empty religious phrase. That, my friends, is covenant talk. Are you hearing me? That is covenant talk. It all comes down to this about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Are you maintaining a heavenly perspective in regards to your life on this earth? And are you putting God first in your life? I will be their God. <laughs> I mean, you could almost put the word but right there. I will be their God, but they shall be my people. Or I will be their God if they will be my people. Are you hearing me? Is this making sense to anyone? It's getting kind of quiet in here. Are you still alive? Chris might have to get that mirror out, see if we still have a, a pulse here and uh, breathing going on. Hallelujah. I'm talking about covenant. Talking about covenant. It means that you're daily taking up your cross to follow Jesus Christ. God said that believers, Christians, shall be my people my people not the devil's people not harry potter's people which is the devil's people are you hearing me 
Oh, I'm telling you what. We've got so many Christians, people, Christians and people who call themselves Christians, who are walking around, don't have a clue that they have a responsibility in the Christian walk. And they're taking hold of all the devil's stuff. And they think they're all right. And then they wonder, God, why, why is this happening to me? What is going on? Well, you stepped out of your covenant with God. You stepped out of your covenant with God. You're allowing the devil's stuff into your midst. Joshua chapter 7. Remember that? The sin of Achan? He took an accursed thing. What happened? The whole camp of Israel, or Israel got their fannies kicked by the enemy because God's hand was lifted. Friend, that's what happens when you step out of your covenant with God. Don't point your finger at God. What we need to do is point our finger at ourselves. God has given us everything we need, all, the knowledge we need to walk in this thing. Are you hearing me? Many are consumed with the world. They entangle themselves. They entangle themselves. And then they just wonder why they're walking under a curse. Now, uh, God said this to me. He said, I've, I gave my best to you. I sent my only begotten son to this earth to die on the cross and take your sin. Now you give your best to me. That's what God, God spoke that so clear to me. Romans 12, 1. Go there quickly. I beseech you therefore, brethren, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, or set apart, acceptable to God, which is hard labor, which is a stretch, which is too hard on this earth. What, what does it say? Which is your reasonable service. God's saying, you know what? This thing isn't too hard. You know, if you keep me at the center of your life, you keep me as priority, you know, everything's going to fall into place in your life. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost so simple, we stumble over it. Sometimes we do. We need to get rid of our selfishness and get busy advancing the kingdom of God because I'll tell you this right now, I don't care if you're putting your hand to to everything you can do to, to make yourself better, if you're not putting God as priority in your life, it's going to come it crumbling down. No, come on. Just a matter of time. Say time. It's just a matter of time. You go ahead. You better yourself. You think you can do all you can do. You just try to create your own little kingdom. But in time, it's going to come crashing down. It's coming down. Say it's coming down. Because the Word of God says everything that can be shaken <laughs> will be shaken. Don't be deceived. Your own kingdom is coming down. And the kingdom of God shall be established on this earth. Are you hearing me? Now, my last point. The second reason that you are loosing God's provision and blessing in your life when we are seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness is that you are positioning yourself to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit. 
You're positioning yourself. When you're seeking, when, when, when you're wholeheartedly going into this thing and you're, oh, you're seeking the Lord with your whole heart, you, you want to do nothing on this earth but please Him. You're opening yourself up for more revelation and illumination from the Holy Spirit. And what's important about that? Because that knowledge, that revelation from the Holy Spirit is going to give you and I the keys, more keys to the kingdom of God to unlock the blessings. And not only to unlock the blessings, but wisdom to walk in the blessings. How to apply it in our life. See, uh, knowledge is good and understanding is great, but we need wisdom on how to apply these things in our life, don't we? See, God is wanting to give His people more revelation. I'll tell you what, right now, the Word of God, when, when, isn't it great when the Holy Spirit just, you're reading along in the, in the Word of God, and the, whole, and the Holy Spirit just illuminates something to you. I mean, something becomes so clear on a certain scripture. The Holy Spirit shows you how to apply this thing in your life. And man, I'll tell you, it's like fireworks going off on the inside of you. God wants to do that more. I, I believe we're going into a season as the body of Christ, where there's going to be so much revelation being poured out about Scripture in, in, the, in the keys of the kingdom. How many of you want that? But we need to spiritually position ourselves to receive that. See, God doesn't want His people to be ignorant. In fact, in Hosea 4, 6, He says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. God doesn't want His people ignorant. But... You know, when we ask, seek, and knock, that's when you're setting yourself up for more understanding and revelation. Go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Says for uh, 11 through 13, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. There's more. When you search for me with all your heart. See, you're not going to be searching him for him. You're not going to be seeking the kingdom. You're not going to be seeking the way God wants you to. When you have idols in your life. When you have things that have grabbed hold of your heart rather than the word of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I love it. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. Seeking implies your whole heart. Jeremiah 33.3 Call to me and I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. See, there's a lot of things we do not know about the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? There's a whole bunch of things that we do not know that God wants to reveal to us. Especially in these last times. These last days. But the Hebrew word in here call, uh, that translated call, it's not a shallow word. It literally means to speak out, to cry out, or to shout. It often describes calling out loudly in an attempt 
to get someone's attention. You, you know what that means? Desperation. When you and I, when we get to that point in our spiritual walk where we are desperate for more of God, man, if we don't have more of Him, uh, it feels like we're just going to take our last breath. If we don't get to that point, we're just status quo. We need to get to that point where we are so hungry and thirsty for the things of God. And if you're not, you've got to take your spiritual pulse today, right now, right now. Because lukewarmness, what did God say about lukewarmness? Spit, he'll spew us right out of his mouth. You like that, honey? <laughs> two more scriptures. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Oh, glory to God. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14 says this, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except, for the, Spirit of, except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Yeah, but are you positioned to receive? These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. How many of you have went up to a church leader or, or someone who calls himself a Christian and you're trying to talk to him about, about spiritual gifts or just some deeper spiritual things and they just kind of, you lost them. <laughs> I mean, they, they just kind of chuckle at you. Yeah, whatever. This guy's a nut. Are you hearing me? Because the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Are you hearing me? Oh, my, my. We need to be more in tune spiritually. We need the precious Holy Spirit to reveal these things in our life. We need to be open to him. My last scripture, John 16. John 16, 13 through 15. Jesus spoke these words. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears... You could, you could put in there and do not do no injustice. Whatever he hears from heaven, whatever he hears from the Father, that will he speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine, uh, take of what is mine and declare it to you. This is mind-boggling. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it unto you. If you read that just, just casually, you miss right over it. Meaning everything belongs to Jesus. And everything, if you're in covenant with God today, we have the authority that he has. Oh, hallelujah. What he has belongs to us. What we have belongs to him. Are you seeing the importance of maintaining that covenant walk with him? Oh, how, how, how have we settled for less? 
How have we settled for ground level when God wants to take His church higher? Are you hungry for that? Do you want it? Hallelujah. Jesus said it this way. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every rhema, every spoken word by the Holy Spirit proceeds out of the mouth of God. Oh, we need the rhema word of God, don't we? To do that, to position ourselves, we need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things will be added unto you. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father God, I pray that everything that I have spoken today, I know it was lengthy. What I I spoke today, I pray it would be engrafted on the hearts of the listeners right now. And I pray they heard everything that I didn't say, that your Holy Spirit was illuminating on the inside of them today. Oh, hallelujah. Now maybe there's someone in here who have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. This is too serious of a matter just to walk out of here blinded. Blinded by the devil because your eternity depends on this thing. Your eternity depends on you becoming born again. Making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want you to come forward today. You need to get a new birthday. The born again experience. Today can be that day. Hallelujah. Secondly, just as important, just as critical as the call to be born again is the call to rededicate to the Lord. There's some in here who said the sinner's prayer. They think they're Christians. (laughs) They think they are. They they go to church, but you know, they they truly don't know if, if they took their last breath right now, if they would go to heaven. Well, the Word of God says that you can know that you know that you know that you are saved. If you don't know, If you have fallen away, if you have tried to make your own kingdom, you've been trying to build your own Tower of Babel to try to get to heaven on your own works. That's coming crumbling down. It's going to. It's just a matter of time. Things might be going great right now. Just a matter of time. Today is the day to rededicate your life. Let's break down those idols. Let's set Jesus Christ at the top of your life. If you need to rededicate your life, I want you to come to this altar. And I want to pray with you to rededicate your life. Settle it today. Maybe there's someone here, you're Christian, you love the Lord. You love Him with all your heart. But you never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Maybe you never heard it. Maybe you've been hearing about it. But you just don't understand it. You've been shying away from it. I want you to come forward today. And I want to lead you through that experience of receiving the Holy Spirit baptism. God wouldn't put it in His Word if He didn't want us to have it. We need Him. We need the fullness of the Spirit of God. Amen. Now maybe there's someone here. You have a physical infirmity. You have an emotional infirmity. You're just a mess. You're a wreck. Maybe you need need a miracle in your life. You need someone to agree with you for prayer. I want you to come forward to this altar. Those four things. If that's you, I want you to come forward. 
the rest of you, I want you just in your seat. Seek the Lord right now. Talk to Him. Talk to Him and commit yourself to seek first His kingdom. If you haven't, if you haven't been seeking first His kingdom, repent of that right now. Just confess it as sin. Don't hide it from God. Don't hide it from Him. He can see it. It's foolishness when we try to hide things from God. He can see it. He can see everything. Just give up today. Give up today. Worship the Lord as the music plays.
that have been tormenting you about your past and it's hindering you from moving forward. So right now I take authority over every tormenting spirit that is coming against you in your mind about your past. I command you, devil, to loose these people in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Every hindrance, every dam that you have put in their life, I command it to be removed in the name of Jesus right now. And I plead the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ over them, body, soul, and spirit. And I say they will fulfill the will of the living God. They will fulfill their ministry on this earth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But you're saying, Lord, I got to do this first. I got to do this. And the Lord is saying this to you. Go and preach the kingdom of God. Go and do that thing. Go and do it. Drop what you are holding on to and go. 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 That's for someone in here. I don't know who, but it's for someone in this place. So you need to take that word and run with it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'll give the Lord praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Give you praise and glory. All right. Well, today we have a baptismal service, and what we're going to do, 
I'm going to release the regular service and go get your children and, and from the nursery and, and all that and relieve the teachers from that. And then we'll start the baptisms in about five minutes. And uh, also, the life chain of Macosta County, the life chain of Big Rapids, is this Sunday. I just got word on it. I'm sorry. I just got word on it just a, a day or two ago. This Sunday from 1 to 2.30, the life chain coming against abortion silent prayer on Northland Drive. If you want to be a part of that, come and see me or Elizabeth and let us know so we can get uh, account to them. So, all right. Elizabeth, is there anything else I need to... Ah, never mind. <laughs> all right. Go get your kids. Those of you who want to come back for the baptism service, five minutes. Hallelujah.
everyone. We're going to get started. 